0: We'll start on page number three, a little thing that uh, I call America Possessed. Today I want to talk to you about the clear choice. Just right up there at the top of page number three, the clear choice. I was so encouraged on Wednesday night past uh, because we we, we were just about at record attendance again. Uh, Thank God for what is going on in Next Harvest Youth, because these two young people right here on the front row uh, are just absolutely a gift of God. And on Wednesday nights, man, get those young people in here, because they're being trained up. But I was so blessed, because uh, I saw so many people looking down with pins in their hands, taking notes on what I was saying that's 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 the way this church was for near on now 30 years uh when I would say turn to the pages turning would just about deafen you because people were serious about getting in the word for themselves they weren't interested in being entertained The problem with modern preaching is that it is entertaining goats rather than training sheep. Nobody heard a word I said. I'm not here today to entertain goats. Are you with me? I'll get goats saved, I'll get them transformed. But I'm here to teach you, train you, preach the word of God to you so that you leave differently today than you came. Are you with me? All right, so the first thing I want you to write up there at the top of that page is this. First John chapter 3 and verse 8. And let's, let's get busy with this. First John chapter 3, verse 8. The one, oh, you're going to love this. Get ready to shout. Everybody just shout one time. Because silence is the language of, but shouting is the language of, come on stir yourself up a little bit get your spirit open get your spirit open now what's going to happen in you is going to be greater than what happens to you now get ready to shout because this is like kind of shouting scriptures right here i know you're just going to run on this you ready the one who practices sin Now, we're going into the amplified version because if you don't have one, get one. Because it will give you the shades of meaning from original Hebrew and Greek to get you to the point where you fully understand what's being communicated. Some of you need to lay your King James aside every now and then and go a little bit deeper because you don't th- talketh like a th- thiseth. You don't say, behold, when that pretty thing, you were single, and that pretty thing with them fake eyelashes on walks by. You don't say, behold. You say, what the? You See, so let's, let's get on a little deeper meaning here. You ready? Okay, the one who practices sin. Now, this gives you a shade of meaning that you don't have in the King James or the New King James, because it simply says, he that sins. So there's a difference in he who sins and he who practices sin, isn't there? All right. He who practices sin, separating himself from God and offending God by acts of disobedience, indifference, I don't care. Indifference is the hallmark of this generation. Nothing matters. What difference does it make? Well, that's your truth. I don't really care. How, if I had a dime for every time I've heard a, millennium, a millennial say, I don't care. Because they're indifferent. Nothing seems to matter. They think they've seen it all. They think they know it all. So who cares? You want to go to church? Cool. You don't want to go to church? Cool. We're going to get into some stuff. He who habitually sins separates himself from God and offends God by acts of indifference or rebellion. That person is of the devil. Scripture says, you are of your father, the devil. that's pretty strong my dear brother and sister the problem with the modern church is we don't have a real devil we have a halloween devil we have a spook house devil we have a haunted mansion devil we don't have a real devil and if you don't have a real devil you don't need a real savior okay i'm going to get no shouting Acts of disobedience, indifference, or rebellion is of the devil, next, is of the devil, and takes his inner character and moral values from the devil. You know how folks all the time say, well, I did this and so, and that's just not like me. And everybody around you said, what do you mean? It's exactly like you. Everybody knows it, but you. It's not your Irish coming out. Come on now. It's not your hood coming out. It's not your Latino, Latina coming out. It's not your German coming out. I mean, you ever notice that like every nation has a claim to being mean? me. That's my Irish. That's my German. I'm Celtic. It's never mind. I love how people act all hood. Ain't never drove through the hood. And I'm from the hillbilly hood, so I can say that. Well, I'm offended. Well, I'm offended, you're offended. Another problem with the modern church is we have replaced that convicts me with that preacher offends me. We don't know the difference between conviction and condemnation. Don't condemn me. I'm not. I'm convicting you. Here we go. Aren't you shouting? Aren't you? Y'all sit down. You Knows Uncle Bud Robinson. Say, Uncle Bud. Uncle Bud Robinson was a great, great, great Baptist preacher, and he was preaching, and he stuttered really really badly he was a stutterer and he was in a meeting and when they introduced him they threw rotten tomatoes at him and, and it was at a general assembly and the, the potentate of the denomination was seated beside Uncle Bud. Well, those rotten tomatoes started flying, and one of them struck the, the potentate of the denomination right in the face. And he went to cussing. Now, preachers today, they couldn't handle that. They'd have a, I went to a meeting the other day. They had two cars in front of the cat and two cars behind the cat. I'm like, what are you such a big deal about? What is all that about? Well, they're his bodyguards. I thought he had the Holy Ghost. No, he want to be a celebrity instead of a gospel preacher. So Uncle Bud sees this guy get hit with his rotten tomatoes, and he is cussing, and he is screaming. And Uncle, about that time, one smacks Uncle Bud right in the side of the face. And Uncle Bud ties on a Baptist shout. You ever hear a Baptist shout? And started dancing. And so they asked him, they said, Uncle Bud, how come when the potentate got hit with the rotten tomato, he went to cussing, and when you got hit with the rotten tomato, you went to praising? He said, well, I guess when you get hit, I guess he had to c- 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 cuss in him, and I had a p- 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 praise in me and the tomato just knocked the cuss out of him and the praise out of me so it all depends on what's on the inside So if you habitually sin, you draw your character, your moral values from the devil, not from God. For the devil has sinned from the beginning and violated God's law from the beginning. Does everybody agree with that? All right, next verse. The Son of God appeared for this purpose. King James says, for this purpose was the Son of God manifested, that he might get you a new car, new clothes, success. Everybody know your name. Your name up in lights. You never have a problem. You never have a battle you never have a struggle everything pops up petunias and turns out tulips just for you because you're in the kingdom now here's what your bible said for this purpose the son of god was manifested to destroy now that word doesn't give you the full meaning to annihilate to cause to cease to be as though they never existed. It's one thing to dismantle or destroy because you can find the parts and build the thing back. But that's not what Jesus came to do in your life and through you by the power of the Holy Spirit in the earth. What he came to do is annihilate your desire for booze All the works of darkness. If you don't know what they are, read Galatians five. Jesus came to annihilate the works of darkness. He came to annihilate pornography. He came to annihilate bitterness. He came to annihilate hatred and racism and bigotry. He came to annihilate it, but he can't annihilate it if you lead it around like a lap dog on a leash. As though the the works of the devil. Next. No one. Okay, now here we're going to get into it. No one who is born of God deliberately, willingly, knowingly, and habitually practices sin. If you still slapping your wife, you're not saved. You don't have a problem. You have a devil. If you can't leave the drugs alone... Draw the line, man. It's not complicated. John 10, 10. Write it down. The thief came but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But Jesus said, I am come that you might have life sufficient in quantity, superior in quality, And life more abundantly. Well, how are you gonna have abundant life when you bound to something no longer than your finger? You got the vape coming in and smoke going out and toke at night. Your critical spirit knows no boundaries. You complain about everything. That's not coming out of the river of life. There shall be in you a river of life springing up. That's not with that cussing, not coming out of your born again spirit. I told you you're gonna shout me I sit down now. You're taking all my time. Stop shouting. How come nobody preaches this? That's the Bible. He that habitually sins does not need counseling, they need the devil cast out of them. Look at you. I'm gonna try again. You don't need counseling, you need the devil cast out of you. You just got a mean spirit. no one that, uh, notice that's not first rod chapter 3 verse 9 that's first john no one who is born of god here's our problem i'm coming <laughs> leonard ravenhill one of the greatest evangelists of all time one of the greatest prophetic voices to the world at large said, I seriously doubt that even 5% of people sitting in evangelical pews on Sunday morning is even born again. And I can prove to you that they're not. Because when anybody explains to them what truly being born again is, which modern preachers have divorced, divorced from their vernacular, because they want you to make a decision for Christ. I say say to people, how many did you have saved? They said, well, we had 14 decisions for Christ. And so my response then is great, when they gonna get saved? Should I walk you through this? See, a lot, of what, a lot of what you're calling your problem is that you never got it under the blood. If you continually commit the same sin, you are not repenting, you're apologizing. If you have no passion for God's word, you don't need somebody to lay hands on you. You need to get saved. You need to be converted. If money means more to you than anointing, you need to be converted. If God blesses you with a boat and you start missing church on Sunday morning to go out on the lake, you're not saved. If you can't stay off your computer or out from in front of your TV watching the Kardashians or you are obsessed with the National Football League We used to sing a song that said, I have decided to follow Jesus. And what, what, what folks mean now, if they would sing that, which they don't. But if they would sing that today, they would mean, I have decided to follow Jesus every fourth week for an hour and 15 minutes on Sunday morning. Because they have a head confession, not a heart conversion. Now look, I'm not not gonna race through this because I'm in pay dirt right now. I can feel it. So let's let's just stop right there and look. No one, shout no one who is born of God, deliberately, knowingly, habitually practices sin. Period. Now there are only two kinds of people in the world. Here's another misconception there are only two kinds of people in the world the saved and the damned. I'm just, everything I'm telling you is just straight Bible and it's so amazing to me because all people here is some kind of showboat nonsense, everything's bad but it's going to get good, everything's bad but it's going to get good, you've had a horrible week but here comes Jesus you're going to be how come nobody ever gets better why don't we get better why are you still fighting the same devil's you fought last week, this week? Why are you discouraged? Why are you tormented? Why don't you sleep? Why don't you have peace? Why are you in constant conflict? Why do you not sustain a level of joy unspeakable and full of glory? I'm gonna answer it for you. Cause you either were never saved or you lost it. Well now Pastor Rod, I don't believe you can lose it. You a prime example. What do you mean you can't lose it? If God didn't force you to get born again, he's not gonna force you to stay in his kingdom. Are we doing all right? Man, I'm just feeling a lot of resistance this morning. I ain't even got to the good stuff. Why? Why does it not do it? Because God's seed, say seed. You are born again of the incorruptible seed of the Word of God. You don't habitually sin because His seed abides in you. If you abide in me and my words abide in you you're not going to sin. Because God's seed, God's principle of life the essence of his righteous character remains how long? Permanently. Next. In him who is born again, in him who is born again, born from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for God's purpose. Now wait a minute, for his purpose. So what did he already tell you was the purpose for which Jesus came? Go ahead. Come on, everybody. Very good. One more time. Why did Jesus come? So that was his purpose. Now he's saying, when he who is synonymous with his word gets in you and develops your character and develops your nature you will not habitually sin in fact you will be on the other end of that spectrum and you yourself through the power of the Holy Ghost will annihilate the works of them I ought to just quit right there So let's let's talk about that a minute. In him who is born again. Who is reborn. The Gospel of John calls it born again. First John calls it born again. This says also who is reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, and set apart for the purpose of God. I think we're trying to fight a battle Counting corpses as an army. They don't have the wind on them yet. They don't have the Ruah on them yet. They don't have the breath of God on them yet. Look, I'm not going to just teach you that you can cast out a devil like you're a preacher and you're going to cast out devils of people lined up in the front of the church. I'm going to get you to cast the devil out of your mind, out of your body, out of your house. Well, Pastor Rock, can a Christian have a devil? Depends on your interpretation of devil. And it more so depends on your interpretation of Christian. Can a devil have a can a church go have a devil free? Why are you quiet? You probably sitting around people with devils right now. And this is one of the greatest churches in America. And, and if there weren't, we would be so powerful in our agreement that sinners would walk through the doors if they made it to the door and fall down beside the door of their car getting on the parking lot and say, my God, I'm convicted of my sin, save me a sinner. But you can't cast out what you carry it. You trying to cast out a lust devil and looked at pornography three times this week yourself. In fact, most of the reason people in the pews got a devil is because the preacher got him one. Hey, you asked him to heal me. And here I am. So let's, I hate to, but let's, let's walk down in just a minute. Say, born again. Born from above. Spiritually transformed. A new creature. Not a decision. Now you can begin with the decision. If we go to McDonald's, I can walk you through this. Anybody like McDonald's? I didn't ask you if you ate them. I said if you like them. I didn't eat one for 22 years, so but I may get me one this afternoon because I ain't religious. How you doing? It's good to see you. So a decision is what you make when you go to McDonald's. You get in that line that is entirely too long. Because some of y'all make me wish my horn was a gun. You know who I'm talking about. They sat in that line for 15 minutes. The menu has not changed in 50 years. They got a Big Mac. They got a quarter pounder with cheese. Make up your mind. While you sitting in your car. Get your credit card out. I love those folks, they get up to the window and they say, that'll be $3. You've been sitting there 15 minutes. Who knows I'm talking true? You were in line in front of me. I know you were. So you pull up there and you got what? You're gonna say, okay, if you went to McDonald's, Jay, what would you like? Would you like a quarter pounder, Jay, with cheese, or would you like a Big Mac? A double quarter pounder with cheese. A double? (laughs) Awesome. Cause Jay doesn't get hungry, he get hangry. I seen Jay. Come on, Brittany. I'm hungry. How long is this meeting going to go? So we going to have any food? Is there a Big Mac in our future? That's Jay. So Jay has chosen the double quarter pounder. Alright? So Jay made his what? Decision. Didn't he? He made a decision. And he still Hungry. I hope I don't have to... Good God, I wish the church had learned something besides how to be entertained and sit at home and play music to try to perfect your dance. While you neglect your children uh-huh. Miss Wednesday night Don't tithe You okay? Alright So that's a decision You made your decision But you're still hungry So when you made a decision to follow Christ That's a wonderful thing You have begun your journey, but we need some preachers who will stop carving notches in their spiritual belt and start sorting the fish. You're going to pull in a net, sort the fish. Now, Elder, when I got saved, Sister Gillicuddy on one side, Sister Ye-Ye on the other, there were 18 people in the building. Dirt floor, two by six pews, wooden pews with wooden legs and no back. 45 watt light bulb hanging down on a cord because we couldn't afford a hundred. I'm not playing with you. I'm eight years old. I'm eight years old and some woman is preaching and we are Baptists and we don't believe in that but she preached a very simple reality there are two choices never forget it her name was Mabel Whipple she came to this church many years later two choices heaven, hell. Sister Charlie, I got it. I had a choice to make. I could go to heaven or I could end up in hell. It was not a difficult choice. And when Sister Gillicuddy got to scream and hold on, and Sister Ye got to scream and let go, I was as Paul caught betwixt two. I was in a hard place, so finally I just said, I'm holding on and letting. I'm gonna hold on and let go. They prayed with me for over two hours in the altar. You can't do that in an hour and 15 minute service. We have faulty conversions because we preach a faulty gospel. Tweet that. You're fearful. You talk in tongues but you never went anybody to Jesus. You embarrassed to even invite anybody to church. Because somewhere along the line, you made a decision and some weak-kneed evangelical told you that was it. Now, you just get in the church and try to be a better person. But you're still hungry. You're still empty. You're still confused. You're still fearful. You exercise and exhibit no power. You have no skill with the Word of God. You read the Bible. You try to read the Bible and it seems empty to you. You try to pray because you were told after you made a decision you should pray now if you never taught your child how to lie why should we have to try to teach you how to pray what natural outflow it's a natural outflow you never had to try to teach your children how many of you drive down the road? You got a four year old and a six year old, and they start this stuff. He touched me. And then the other one said, He touched me. And then another one said, Stop saying what I say. And another one said, Stop saying what I say. Until finally you have to turn around and say, Would you be quiet? Why? It's natural. Prayer should be as natural to you as breathing if you're born again. Now, I'm not, I'm not criticizing you. I feel such a desperate, desperate need to see people in this modern age be born again. If you can't stay out of bed with somebody that's not your wife, not your husband, you're not saved. You don't have a problem, you're not saved. You might have made a decision. I'm gonna try to follow Jesus. And I don't even blame you, I blame preachers. I blame saints that ain't try to get people to stay an hour after service. You can put them on your payroll and can't even get them to stay. They down at the restaurant feeding their belly. I got born again when I was eight years of age and nobody ever invited me back to church. They didn't send me a card. They didn't send me an email. They didn't have some preacher eating up a salary, go and knock on my door and try to beg me back to church. I was eight years old. At 10, I asked my parents to help me look in the newspaper for revival meetings that I could go to. When are we going to start saying, Pastor Rod, could we have Sunday night again? Pastor Rod, would you just come in on Tuesday night and teach us for one hour on the book of Revelation? Pastor, could we have a 6 a.m. prayer meeting three days a week instead of looking at your watch when it gets toward 11.30 on Sunday morning? You not safe? You may not come back next week. I hope you will. But I'm not going to change what God is prophetically saying in this hour. Now, if you want to be entertained, I can get the same sermons they preach. Oh, it's bad. It, oh, but Jesus. Oh, Lord. And next week teach you the same thing. Preach the same thing that preach the same thing the next week. Or. We can quit counting corpses. Let the breath of God come on us and raise up an exceeding great army and bring a revival to this nation. Be seated. So you're in the line, you made your decision. Now you're coming up on the squawk box may I help you now don't order by anything but a number you're going to cause some poor adolescent to lose their job if you order a double quarter pounder with a small fry and a large drink We don't have that. You mean you want a number XZ21? No. I want a double quarter pounder. And you better have a credit card. Because they ain't making no change. They missed that math class. They were, they were learning how to improve their self-image. How about improving your self-image by learning how to add and subtract? I'm sorry, I'm just pastoral today. All right, so now you get up there. Now, right? They say, what would you like? Now, I had an issue with this when I was uh, being healed because I had to take that little board with me and ride on it so I couldn't talk into the squat box. So I had to go inside, ride it on a board, hold it up to it for those that could read. But when you get up to the squawk box, Jay would say, yes, I would like a double quarter pounder. At that point, he has made a confession regarding his decision. Slow down now. just because you made the decision to follow him just because you have confessed him does not mean you're full do you just turn around and leave mcdonald's after you make your confession Jesus walked up to his disciples and said, Matthew 16, whom do men say, confess, that I the Son of Man am? Jesus' response, some say thou art Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets raised again from the dead. So Jesus looked at Simon and said, Whom say ye that I am? Simon responded, Thou art the Christ, the Christos, the anointed one and his anointing that destroys every yoke. Jesus responded, Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, for flesh and blood did not reveal this to you, but my Father which is in heaven. Thou art no longer Simon, but Peter. And upon this rock of revelation of who Jesus was, we're not Roman Catholics. Come elder, come. Love me in just a minute. And, and, and so you, you get to be Simon, and I get to be Jesus. Cause it's my sermon. So, so Jesus says, who do you say I am? You're Jesus, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, flesh and blood have not revealed this to you, but my father, which is in heaven. And you are no longer Simon, but Peter, watch, and upon this rock, I'm gonna build my church. Don't you dare think that God's church is built on Simon Peter. Got a whole world deceived. Got a whole world deceived. Praying to Mother Mary. There's no salvation in any other name except the name of Jesus. Not in Peter, not in Mary, not in the apostles, not in... So Jesus said, upon him, upon this rock of the revelation of who I am, I will build my church, not your church, Because there's some of his church in every church, but ain't no church all of his church. Okay, got to quit. Here we are. Here we are. So Simon had done what? He made a confession. You are the Christ. You are the son of the living God. Jesus said upon this rock i'll build my church you're no longer simon but petrus peter a little rock you are a rock peter you're peter whole thing closes out 13 chapters later jesus is lying at the triclinium with his disciples. He's about to eat the Passover meal. He's about to be crucified. He looks across the triclinium table, if you will, at Simon Peter and says to him, Simon, hey, Simon. And Peter's looking around like, I thought I was Peter. You can't just read the Bible. You have to read the Bible. You can make a decision and be mean as the devil. You can make a confession and be eaten up with sin in the inward parts. You can come to church and sing the songs and learn the dance. You can manifest a mechanical gift to memorize, shout a taught tongue. As good as the rest of them, but you're empty. You want that double quarter pounder so bad you can taste it, but you're not there yet. If you have to be taught to love your wife you're not born again. If you have to be taught and trained not to be a bigot and a racist, you're not born again. I don't care what kind of spiritual pedigree you think you have. That book says you are changed. And if he makes no difference in color, I dare you to make one. Oh, I ain't getting no claps right now. I ain't getting no claps. No. If you have a less than me mentality, line yourself up at the altar. Here's your prayer. Thank God I'm not like him. I'm just pointing out, you're not truly saved. If you withhold your hand from the poor, you're not saved. If you care more about the clothes you wear than your brother without a coat, you're not saved. Now you want to talk about learning, you're supposed to learn the deep things of God, deep calling to deep, but we have been so far away from any biblical reality or solid theology with this bunch of entertaining preachers that we have lost our way. And we have raised up a generation and become the midwives of a generation, unable, to fight for their king. Unwilling to make a sacrifice. That constantly ask God, what do you have to offer me rather than what can I do to serve you? Constantly demand their rights. Constantly forsake their responsibilities. Love the Lord your God with your whole heart. All of it. Your whole mind yeah. all of your strength and your neighbor as yourself. Love God, love people's not a slogan, it's a lifestyle. I'm quitting. I feel something. Yes, you so good, Pastor. No, know, like usually preachers say that and they're winding up, you know, to the crescendo. I might just leave you right where you are thinking, examining. So Peter makes a confession and Jesus forgot his name. No, I'm closing. Listen to what else Jesus said. Simon, Simon, Satan, Oh, is it up there? Everybody's looking. Oh, there it is. Behold, Satan has desired. If we were in the Amplified, it would say requisitioned and received permission. Wouldn't that be a great prophetic word? Hey, I've come from God. I've got a word in my mouth. And God told me that Satan asked if he could have you and i told him yeah no you we don't have any of those prophets where's that prophet we got too many of this kind of prophets man I, i'm feeling like i need to go into about a month-long revival and don't do anything come in here and teach the bible because revival's not when the world gets saved, revival's when the church gets saved. We don't need to talk about victory over demons when we're not saved yet. I'm, okay, here it is. Here it is. Satan has desired requisition received permission to have you so that he might sift you as wheat. But, I, now it's one thing to get your favorite TV preacher to pray for you and sign your Bible. It's another thing, when at the right hand of the Father, seated in heavenly places with nail prints in his wrists and his feet slide off of his throne looks up at the father points at the nails in his wrists takes your polluted name on his sanctified lips and prays to the father for you cuz he said father i know you hear me always shout he's praying for me. No, I want you to shout. Again, 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 again. Stop. Be seated. And he doesn't pray like we pray. Jordan and I celebrated our 33rd wedding anniversary. I was preaching in North Carolina, but we celebrated. Why well, go oh, for? She said, "I've watched you preached every anniversary we've had for 33 years. This week, I completed my 16,000th broadcast of Breakthrough. 16,000 times." If I did them back to back one a day, seven days a week, 365 a year, take me 45 years to do it. So we had our wedding anniversary. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I, just, That's all right. I just went somewhere. Oh, it's more than all right. <laughs> <laughs> ah! I prayed and I prayed and I prayed. I didn't marry till I was 29, which back at that time was pretty old to be married. I kept praying, God send me a wife. And uh, I decided when I saw what started showing up to pray with greater specificity. Jesus is praying for you and he is not praying in vague generalities. He's praying with great specificity. Here's what he's praying that your faith will not fail. Question, how can your faith fail when he's praying for it? But that's not the point I'm making. He goes on and says, do you have more of it? I don't know if you have it or none. More of the verse. It's just a yes or no, I can tell you what it says. I'm just trying to help them no Satan has desired to have you you that he might sift you as wheat but right now Jesus is praying for you that your faith will not fail and then he says something very interesting remember he's still calling him Simon after he's made his confession And when you, Simon, are converted, strengthen your brethren. Decision. Next step, confession. But don't stop there. Know that you know that you know that you've been converted. A decision is made after a calculation. A confession is an admission of guilt. But a conversion is when God Almighty through the blood of His Son Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit makes you a new creature that has never existed before. So that you hate what you used to love, you love what you used to hate, Nobody has to teach you to get in the Word of God. You forget to eat because you're so hungry for that book. You can't do anything else. Nobody has to take you to the prayer seminar. You roll out of your bed at 3 o'clock in the morning praying with words that are coming up out of you that came from another world. Nobody has to teach you how to win the lost. You can't stop talking about your testimony and bringing people to the kingdom of God. Let's stand. Mm. Mm. Every head bound, every eye closed. No one looking around. There may be those who have never made a decision. There may be those who have never made a confession. I know that there are those who have never been converted and that's why you struggle so hard that's why you have to fight to get yourself to pray to get yourself to church to get yourself in the word to love your neighbor as yourself and today you say pastor I'm so tired that struggle. I don't want to have to try to be a better person anymore. I still feel like the old me just trying to do better. Today you want to say, God, I want to be converted. I want to become a new creature. I want my mind to change, my passions to change, my heart to change, my emotions to change. I want to surrender my life fully and completely to you. Now look, I prayed with people that that entire process took three seconds. I prayed with people that it took an hour. I prayed with people over weeks and months at a time until they got to the point where they felt in their heart they could fully surrender everything in their life to the Lordship of Christ, Savior and Lord. If he's not Lord over all, he's not Lord at all. With every head bound and every eye closed forgetting who's around you forgetting what time it is forgetting what you've got to do this afternoon with all the excuses, silenced, Father God in the mighty name of Jesus Christ I bind every devil I bind every lie of Satan I bind every deceiving spirit that would in any way cause people to have anything other than judgment day honesty right now because this is the season when your son may split the sky. Oh God, we want you. We want the fullness of your life. There's no one more miserable than someone that is in any endeavor halfway. Halfway, halfway in, halfway out, up and down. Oh God today, break that cycle in Jesus' mighty name. I'm going to count to three and when I say three, you mean business today. You want the struggle to end. You want the things that you struggle with to cease. You want to know that you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. Oh, you want to go home looking in your mirror wondering who that is staring back at you. You want people at work to say what's happened to you. You want your family to say there's something different about you. On three. You want to start laying your clothes out on Saturday night because you can't wait to get here on Sunday. You want to start packing an extra lunch when you're on your way to work because you're not going to have time to go through McDonald's on the way home because you already made your decision. You already made your confession and you've been converted and you have to get to the house of God. On three, if that's you, Bravely and boldly shoot your hand up in the air on three, one, two, three. Shoot it up and leave it up. Every one of you, grab your belongings and as quickly as you can, come to this altar. This is where we meet God, come on. Come on. Don't let anybody come by themselves. Don't let anybody come by themselves, come on. That's it, Elder Canfield. That's it. That's it, Professor. That's it, Professor Youngkin. That's it. Come on. Come on. Come on. I don't know. Maybe you're examining yourself. Are you really where you want to be with God? Do you really have a passion for his word? Do you have more a passion to worship? Where are you? Come on coming all the way from the back of the building. This is revival, church. I wish you'd start shouting. Look at this. Look at this. I'm waiting. I'm not going to plead with you this is this is about you Come on The Father is waiting The Father's waiting Open wide Come on I break the power of that struggle. Father God, you see these hearts. You see these uplifted hands. You see these contrite spirits. A contrite heart. A broken heart. A contrite spirit. You will not refuse. Receive every one of them. Father God, let the most supernatural miracle of humanity transpire right now. Let every man, every woman, every boy, every girl be recreated from the inside out. Lift your hands right now. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, here I am. I've had it with the struggle. I've had it with, the had it with sinning. I don't want to sin I don't want to to be away from you I want to love your word I want to love other people I want your power in my life I surrender to you now Holy Spirit come into my heart Jesus forgive my sin wash me in your blood make me a new creature right now